You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball season, it comes and goes, but Crawford Bach just flows and flows. It's the Bach to drink any time of year. You don't need a reason because it's a dang good beer. You can rock the Bach at a music festival or rodeo, Shakespeare in the Park, or Lowrider Car Show. It's the Bach for bonfires and happy hour, South Padre, even your next baby shower. So share a Crawford Bach anytime with your favorite gals and bros. And when baseball season comes back, let's go Strohs! Back to Astropod, the official podcast of the Houston Astros. Greetings from Minute Maid Park, where today the Houston Astros wrap up their season-opening four-game series against the Seattle Mariners. Astros have taken two of the first three games, suffering their first loss of the season yesterday, 7-6 to to the Mariners. Michael Brantley, 2-for-5 with a double and an RBI. Yuli Gurriel, two hits and an RBI as well. As the Astros are 2-1 and one on the year, the Mariners are 1-2. and two. Let's take a look at today's pitching matchup presented by Houston Methodist. Houston Methodist is proud to be the official health care provider for the Houston Astros. Houston Methodist leading medicine. It'll be Josh James making his first start of the year for the Astros and, and his first true start really since 2018. He did make one start as an opener last year, but Astros really counting on Josh James in the rotation in 2020. Yeah, you know, even before Justin Verlander, uh, the, the news of his uh, forearm strain came out yesterday. You were counting extra on 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 Josh James because Jose Urquidy uh, hadn't shown up to summer camp until just a few days ago. So, you know, you know, as days go on, Josh James slides up the, the scale and you're thinking, all right, here's our number three starter now. And it's something he's, de- he's done his entire minor league career. So he's anxious to get back out there. And uh, when he was a reliever, he only used a couple of his pitches. Now he gets to add that curveball back into the mix. And he's got a lot of pitches, and we know he's got probably the best arm in the system. Meanwhile, it's Kendall Graveman making his Seattle Mariners debut today, and Graveman did not pitch at all last year, recovering from Tommy John surgery. A former Oakland A had some success in Oakland, and you know he's chomping at the bit to get back out there. Yeah, he's always been a two-seam fastball pitcher. He's gotten a lot of ground balls through 58% fastballs, two-seam fastballs. Uh, when he was in the big leagues last, uh, he's on a, a one-year, $2 million deal right now. He, he's trying to show people that he's healthy to get his career back on track, and He's kind of fiddled with a four-seam fastball during this shutdown as he had the Rapsido machine uh, back home and started to fiddle with the spin rate and figure some things out. And uh, what we're hearing, he's getting that four-seam fastball up to 97 miles per hour, so a different wrinkle from Kendall Graveman these days. Getting set to take on the Seattle Mariners. Keys to the game presented by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals on all models. Honda, the official sponsor of the Houston Astros. Well, obviously, uh, devastating news yesterday, learning about Justin Verlander with the forearm injury. He's going to be shut down for two weeks and then re-evaluated from there. And uh, There was already some concerns about some of the pitching depth for the Astros even before Verlander went down. But all you can do is is next man up and and hope that some, some of these, especially young guys, step up yeah we were wondering you know probably the thinnest part of the Astros team uh, going into the season was the bullpen and and now you're starting to pull guys out of the bullpen uh, to fit into the rotation and makes a a probably their weakest point even more thin and you know give them a little less depth so they're gonna have to count on uh, a lot of young guys right now there's eight rookies in the bullpen for the Astros and Man, when can you ever? You've never been able to say that about any team. So, uh, what they're doing right now is unprecedented. But 
one good thing about this whole thing is they still have that lineup, and they can score a lot of runs. They certainly can. Coming up next, we'll hear from Astros manager Dusty Baker, and a little later we'll hear from Astros pitcher Cy Snead. But now this from your local station. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that good into the Landry's Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford box? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. So Dusty, you got some uh, pretty unfortunate news over the weekend with Justin Verlander made the opening day start, uh, but uh, unable to continue or not able to make his next turn anyhow. Uh, with yep. the, going on the injured list with the, the forearm soreness. Uh, what, what do you know about Justin Verlander's status right now? And uh, I'd imagine it's got to be pretty tough to, to come up with any sort of timetable at this point. Well, yeah, it's impossible to come up with the timetable because uh, we're not really sure exactly. You know, he went and had an MRI, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, he's, he seems pretty upbeat and positive today. You know, like he was uh, he was close to devastation you know, when he found out yesterday, you know, like we all were, uh, but it's a, it's a matter of us. We gotta, we gotta keep going. You know, I mean, nobody's feeling sorry for us. Um, you know, I've read some of the tweets and things out there from New York and LA and, you know, people are cruel and, uh, you know, a lot of them are, are, you know, wishing it will on us, but, you know, we can turn that into a positive and, uh, you know, into concentration and, and dedication and discipline on the field. So, you know, this is a time when, you know, I've had major injuries before on different teams and, uh, you know, the guys stuck together and uh, somebody always emerges, you know, as, as a new leader that you didn't count on because they're being led by the other person that was in, in charge. And so, uh, you know, I'm hoping that the same thing can happen uh, you know, it can happen now. Well, with Verlander going on the injury list, opening up a spot, also uh, option Taylor Jones back to the alternate site, and two pitchers, Brandon Belak and Nivaldo Rodriguez, uh, being recalled will be the first time in the big leagues for both of them. Uh, any idea of, of potential roles and, and how you, you might use those two pitchers? No, we don't know. I mean, you know, every day we, we're giving our lineup cards to a, to a new rookie to making his debut. You know, I've never had this many young rookies make their debuts in such a short period of time. You know, Belak has been a starter. Both of them have been have been starters. I think, uh, you know, Belak's probably a little more refined. Uh, you know, Rodriguez probably lights up the radar gun a little better. Uh, but, um, you know, we'll we'll come up with something. We're, we're not exactly sure. You know, Paredes is a is a candidate. Uh, Javier is a candidate. Uh, you know, Belak and Rodriguez are candidates, you know, probably even Sneed's a candidate, but depends on, on you know, how much we need those guys tonight. And, you know, we'd like James hopefully to go five innings uh, and, and his pitch count be, be relatively uh, uh, low. And that would like, uh, you know, solve a lot of problems because that'd be two days in a row, kind of a short outing to put the pressure on our bullpen yesterday. You talk about candidates, and obviously, you're, I assume you're talking about Wednesday the, against the Dodgers, who might make yeah. that start, and what would have been Verlander's turn? Yeah, for sure. And uh, but you know, tonight impacts Wednesday. You know, if they go, you know, three or four innings tonight, then they probably won't be available on Wednesday. And uh, you know, we got Framber going tomorrow, and we're not really sure how how long he can go too. So you can only, 
uh, uh, play one game at a time, but you're always preparing, you know, for the future where the present and the past is always going to affect today and tomorrow. So uh, uh, we're just going to have to, you know, see and, uh, and try to win every game we can. Yeah, you talk about the the young pitching that you have, and you 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 had to rely on quite a few of your your young arms out of the bullpen in yesterday's game. And one guy who stood out so far is Blake Taylor. He's faced faced four mm-hmm. batters yesterday's game, retired all of them, did not give up a run. Uh, looked pretty impressive in his in his major league debut a few days ago as well. Mm-hmm. What have you seen from Blake Taylor? Well, you know he impressed us in, in spring training, and uh, uh, you know what impressed me yesterday is that he didn't walk anybody. Because, you know, a lot of the young guys, they're throwing hard, but they have a tendency to walk with somebody. Uh, and, you know, free pass just sends a bad psychological message to them and to, and to uh, you know, your teammates. But that's what I was impressed with. Uh, also, I use, you know, a lot of the hitters in spring training to tell me their opinion, you know, who has good stuff. I mean, you know, my eyes tell me one thing, but the, but the hitters – tell me something else you know they'll say oh man he's throwing hard but I see his ball all the way or you know all, all the hitters were impressed with you know with Taylor and uh, uh, so you know that opened my eyes you know from the beginning and that's I guess I mean obviously it's an, a, a usual circumstance with way, the way summer camp was with all the inner squad meetings but I guess that's one of the benefits of that is because you can get feedback on your pitchers from your hitters and you know they're going to be pretty honest with you yeah correct and a lot of times I would try to line up uh, you know, the young guys, you know, against the veterans, you know, like, well, that's what Thomas sort of used to do with us. And uh, I remember I hated facing Oral Hershiser and Alejandro Pena because they, <laughs> you know, they were ready and they were breaking up all our bats. And the sort of say, hey, man, what do you think? And I'm like, man, this guy's on our team right now. And so, uh, you know, I took a page out of, uh, out of my out of my past. All right. Well, Dusty Baker, thanks for joining us. Good luck tonight. All right. You're welcome. This is Steve Sparks, and I'm with Cy Sneed, Astros right-handed pitcher. Cy, thanks a lot for joining us today. Uh, a little weird at the ballpark these days, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's a lot different than it has been, you know, last year or even earlier this season in spring training. But um, I think we're trying to iron out the kinks and, and uh, play some baseball. Where did you go during the shutdown? Because we always hear stories and we always talk about it on the radio. This guy lives in Alaska in the offseason. You didn't go back there, did you? No, I did. Um, wow. I went and I stayed. Uh, me and my wife went with uh, to my brother's place. He lives in Oklahoma. Um, and we stayed there for two weeks, okay. uh, exactly two weeks, because when we flew back to Alaska, we had to um, list everywhere we'd been for two weeks. And so, you know, driving from Florida to Oklahoma just made the paperwork a lot easier. I always enjoy getting a chance to talk to you about your off-seasons. Tell some of the people what you do in Alaska in the off-seasons. Yeah, so I substitute teach and I tutor. Yeah, I yep. shovel a lot of snow. I cut a lot of wood. And uh, basically, that's it. It's to the to- rumor that uh, because you, you uh, kill musk ox with your, with your bare hands, that that's helped your cutter? Yeah, you know, can't confirm or deny. But, uh, you know, the cutter has been playing pretty well. It so has been. I'll, I'll let you uh, make that decision. You know what? Let's talk about your cut fastball. It, it's, it's different right now. And I know you know it, but uh, you don't want to get ahead of yourself. But uh, is the grip different? What, what are you doing with the cut fastball? Um, actually, I was able to put in a lot of work on it um, when we went home. Okay. I didn't love what I was getting out of it in spring training, um, the original spring training. And after I had some pretty good success at last year, and so I just really focused on that a lot and playing with grips a little bit and trying to kind of find something that worked. Um, and, and it was, I was making really good progress with it. And then when we got here for the summer camp, um, 
something clicked with it and you know one day and and uh, from there it has really taken off and it's been pretty consistent which is which is the biggest thing for that pitch more than anything was it a different grip or, or your wrist position what, what was it man because it's different it was i think it was a little bit of uh grip and then a little bit of just how i was throwing it um you know and try to finish kind of through the ball instead of I don't want to say like instead of just throw it, but really try to finish through the ball and, and get that good action on it. And you're actually going to throw it to both sides of the plate. We saw you lock up some righties uh, on the front door variety. So uh, what percentage of the time would you like to throw the cutter? A lot. I, yep. I think I'll just throw it until I shouldn't throw it anymore. Well, Dusty Baker intimated that uh, wasn't sure who was going to start on Wednesday. Have they talked to you about being a possibility? Not yet. I think we're just, uh, you know, kind of taking day to day right now, but uh whatever fits it's the first inning or all the way to the ninth or beyond whatever how tough is it to social distance in the bullpen you guys have a million guys out there anyway but uh, it's tight quarters isn't it yeah it is a little bit i mean we, we have a pretty good sized bullpen so we do have some room to spread out but you know when you start um trying to go over you know this guy is pretty aggressive you know with maybe trying to throw this or that and you know all those kind of things it gets a little um complicated because we don't want to be you know talking too loud, you know, especially right. when we have right. the other fielders just right there. So um, it's kind of presenting some challenges, but I think we're going to, we're going to get through it. Okay. You guys got to go to Kansas city for a, a pair of games uh, last Monday, last Tuesday. So it was your first trip uh, with this new process, all these protocols. What was that like? Was it, I'm sure it was a lot different, especially on the plane. Yeah, it was, you know, and I think we all knew that going in. Um, but, you know, the the medical staff and everybody has done a really good job of prepping us and, and giving us a heads up on this is how it's going to be. These are the rules. Um, you know, we need to stick to them and, and do a good job of, of following the protocols and everything. So it is a lot different. It's, it's um, very, very structured, which is not a bad thing. No, um, no. But it's, it's definitely something that um, needs to be overdone and you know take every precaution that we can so that we can we can all stay healthy and stay on the field was there any trepidation on your part coming back did you feel safe right away you know knowing knowing our medical guys absolutely right. i mean with jeremiah and and lee and those guys it's you know it, it was a pretty seamless process and and we have a lot of trust in those guys and they're really really good at their jobs so um it did make the transition a lot more comfortable all right, that's Cy Sneed. Cy, thanks a lot for taking the time. Good luck the rest of the way, man. It's been fun watching you. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Questions for George Springer. George, I don't think we've, we've seen you since you guys got back. How was your quarantine, and, and how have you kind of felt so far going through all this with the protocols and everything like that? Quarantine was, uh, it was, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say it, it was good. You know, I got, I, I got a chance to um, spend some time with my wife and, and, and kind of, do things that I haven't gotten a chance to do in a while. Um, was able just to kind of take a deep breath and kind of unwind and, and, uh, and go from there. But, you know, as, as, as it goes to, you know, the MLB protocols and all that stuff, I, I, I really commend um, our training staff, you know, the organization for the way that they've really gone about it, you know, to make sure that guys are, are safe, that we're doing the right thing and, and, you know, keeping this thing going. You're entering a, a, a pretty uh, crucial year for yourself. I guess when you had to consider whether to play or not, how much was your you know, free agency, looming free agency, how much did that dictate your decision of whether to even play this season or not? Uh, not really. You know, I, I, I love playing the game of baseball. Um, I love the guys that I play with. You know, I, I, obviously, these are pretty 
unique circumstances that we're in um, a very shortened season. So yeah, there, there's obviously concerns of, of a lot of things, but first and foremost, the, the only thing that's on my mind is making sure that I stay healthy, making sure that my teammates stay healthy and, and that my family stays healthy. George, you got the, uh, the Dodgers coming in this week and obviously uh, it was kind of unexpected. You guys are, are going to play after what went on in the spring, but um do you think there'll be any carryover from some of the things that were said from their side about, uh, you know, what you guys went through in, in 2017 when we see them? Um, I mean, as of right now, we're playing Seattle. So um, I'm really kind of only concerned about, um, you know, the, the game that's, that's, that's at hand tonight. And I'll go from there. George, um, a question away from the field. How frustrating is it for you not to be able to have your uh, camp say uh, charity event this year? It's tough. You know, that, that, that's an event that, you know, I, I know that I look forward to. Um, it's a, been an event that has grown tremendously um, over the last three, four, five years. Um, you know, I, I've gotten a chance to meet a ton of kids, a ton of families, you know, just to have these normal conversations with kids about how their life is going or how their days are going. Um, the community has re really kind of embraced the event. Um, so, so it is tough, you know, from that standpoint to, to not be able to, to have the event, but these are pretty uh, unprecedented times that, that we're living in. So it's, it's, it's good to still be connected to the organization. It's good to be connected to the kids just from six feet away. George, I, I guess you don't know right now what's going to happen next year, but the, the possibility that this could be your last year, how disappointing, Pointing is it to not have the fans that have the, the Astros fans that have supported you your entire career? I tell you what, the 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 fans in Houston um, have been tremendous. Um, they've been tremendous my whole career. Um, you know, to 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 be able to to play um, in this ballpark, be able to play in this city, um, has been and you know an absolute joy to me. Um, but again, you know, it's it's odd times that, that we're living in. Um, I know the fans are, are, are here with us in spirit. I see some, uh, uh, you know, cardboard cutouts out there. So they're still out there. It's, it's, it's just a, a little bit odd. George, do you want to remain in Houston after this year? You know, it's, it's, it's a, a time where I'm not really focused on the future. I'm, 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 I'm trying to stay in the present. Um, I'm trying to stay one safe. Um, I'm trying to make sure that I do, do do all the right things. And, and at a later date, I'll, I'll figure that out. I wonder what, if any reaction you had to, to Mookie Betts's deal and kind of what that may do for your market or, or, or your future in general. I haven't thought about it. Um, you know, I'm happy for him. You know, he, he's a, a tremendous player. Um, you know, he, he, he earned it. Um, but again, you know, that's him. It doesn't concern me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to do the things that I can control, and I'll go from there. As far as what does concern you, though, George, does it seem a little bit unfair given the, the context of all of your career and where we are now and the fact that you're going to go into free agency with, with all of this uncertainty? Um, I don't know. You know, I just think that at the end of the day, I can only control um, what I can control. And, you know, I, I'm going to go out there – I'm going to play as hard as I can. Um, you know, I'm going, to, I'm going to try to help these, this, this organization win and I'll go from there. What's this new normal of games been like through, through the first few days, you know, no fans, the piped in crowd noise. Do you feel like the intensity is the same in the games? Like how, how would you kind of just gauge all of it? Um, 
I would definitely say it's it's interesting, you know, to to hear the crowd noise, but the stadium be empty. Um, you know, you 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 know there's not going to be fans in the stands, but there's there's there is some sort of noise out there. Um, you know, this is this is this is a park that is normally packed um, almost every every single game. So it's 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 odd to see the seats green, um, but you know, at, at, at this point in time, I can't really tr try to concern myself with that. You know, I got to concentrate on the game and, and, you know, attempt it to the best that I can. George, you're one of the leaders on the team. Obviously, Justin Verlander is one of the leaders on the team. Could you speak to just what it means to lose a guy like that and how you guys compensate for it? Um, it's tough. You know, he, he's obviously a leader in this clubhouse, um, a Cy Young, a horse, um, you know, he, he, he's an absolute gamer, a competitor. And, and to have a guy like that, um, be sidelined for however long he is, um, especially in such a short year, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, but you know, that that's why this, you know, this team has been good. Um, and that's, you know, just, get the next man up and let's go. Um, you know, I, I, I know he's not feeling sorry for himself. You know, he, he's, he's doing everything he can to get back and we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll open up the questions for Kyle Tucker. Kyle, how have you felt at the plate um, to start the season? Did you carry over some of the momentum yet at the end of camp? Uh, I felt pretty good. Um, seeing the ball pretty well, had some good IVs. Um, you know, we're swinging ball. Hitting the ball pretty well, swinging the bat pretty well. So I think we're doing an overall pretty good job right now. It seems like you've been playing against the righties, but not the lefties. Do you have any sense that that's going to be the norm, or is this just kind of like an early season thing? Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how the season goes. Um, you know, as of right now, it's been me just against the righties. Um, you know, if I was, I had that one start where I faced the lefty uh, that came in later in the game. So, um, I mean, we'll, we'll just see how it plays out throughout the season. Do you guys feel the, uh, the the sort of sense of urgency with every game? Does it feel different? I mean, we all know that they're worth, you know, 2.7 of the, a regular game. But does that does that resonate like when you lose a game like last night when, you know, you had chances to win and it's uh, it probably is bigger than it, than it would have been normally? Yeah, I mean, even in a, you know, normal scenario, playing a full season, you know, every, every game is important because, you know, when it comes down to the last week of the season, you know, everyone's within – you know, a game or a half game of each other. So every, every, every game is important no matter if it's 160, 100, 160 games. So it, do, it doesn't really matter. You know, every game is important. We, we try and go out there and win every, every inning and every game. Baseball season, it comes and goes. But Crawford Bach just flows and flows. It's the Bach to drink any time of year. You don't need a reason because it's a dang good beer. You can rock the Bach at a music festival or rodeo, Shakespeare in the Park, or Lowrider Car Show. It's the Bach for bonfires and happy hour, South Padre, even your next baby shower. So share a Crawford Bach anytime with your favorite gals and bros. And when baseball season comes back, let's go Strohs! Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best 
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 